The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. He's got the world on his back and he's always ready to attack. Let's hear it for Nerdwick. In this corner, Fire-types have protected humanity and returned to monkeys. Make some noise for Jimcha. And in this corner, Asada so cute it got its own Japanese Instagram account. Pipe up for Fairclub. Asada has its strengths and weaknesses, but which one would truly be the best for you, and which one would probably get you killed? Is it probably the penguin? Let's get ready for another showdown! Oh, and with the ring of the bell, it is time for another Generation Showdown. Hello, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Poke Science Podcast and our Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night. So let's cut right to the chase. It is the year of our Lord 2021, and that means that we are getting a Diamond and Pearl remake. All the bickering about the chibi art style aside, we are finally getting what a lot of Pokemon players have wanted, which means we get to go back on the same Sinnoh adventure that we went on as kids. Some kids get to go on it for the first time. I think it's going to be really, really fun, but we'll find out in uh, six months whenever we're recording this. Really quick summary as to how these episodes work. Once a month, we tend to do a Generation Showdown where we go through the three starters of a generation and see which one is the best on a practical setting. Not based on cuteness, not based entirely on battle potential, but more so based on the animal as an animal, as a living organism. How would this organism be treated if you are, let's say, a brand new trainer? How would you survive with this Pokemon? So we've been doing this for the past four months. We're finally at Gen 4, and uh, these are the categories we tend to grade on. Uh, number one, battle potential. How well does it handle itself in a fight in its own region? Uh, care and maintenance. How easy is it to feed and care for? Um, number three, we go with child friendliness. How easily can a new trainer handle it with no previous experience? And uh, the final one we go with is utility. How well does it do outside of a fight? So we'll check out all the categories, we'll rate them between a 1 and a 5, 1 being the worst, 5 being the best, and we'll see by the end of it which one stacks up, which one would be best for you. Obviously, this is just a thought experiment. If you think my thoughts are wrong, again, thought experiment, choose whatever starters you want, it's a game, have fun. Anywho, uh, we always start grass, go fire, go water, so let's go ahead and start with our turtly awesome turtle boy, Turtwig. Now, I know he's based on a tortoise, but all tortoises are turtles, but not all turtles are tortoises, so I can say turtle if I want. Anyway, this was the first time Grass-types got the dual-type treatment, and I gotta say, it's about time. Sceptile deserved a dual-typing. Blaziken got one, Swampert got one, I don't care if it was Dragon, Electric, Poison, Fairy, didn't care. I think it deserved a second typing, you can fight me on that if you want. 
back to Star Trek. I love this design. I think it's super cute. The Torterra design is really scary by the end of it. Again, it's this big, bulking, turtly monstrosity with a tree on its back. I think it's a pretty cool design. Now, on to battle potential. When you look at the gym leaders of the Sinnoh region, you find out that these guys really aren't going to give you too much trouble. You have the Ice Gym, which will obliterate you just by looking at you, but the rest of them are either neutral or weak to grasp. So Torterra does take the Meganium route in terms of being more bulky than quick, but its attack can actually back it up, unlike Meganium, who has to rely mainly on support attacks. Uh, the weakness of Ice is a pain in the butt when you have to deal with it, but unlike Swampert, you're not going to run into Ice-types in every bit of tall grass, no matter where you go. Uh, Torterra keeps up a the semi-tradition of being a little bit easier to work with in battles. Again, this Pokemon has a really good type coverage, unless you're dealing with an Ice-type, and otherwise you can cover most of your bases pretty well with it, and it can take a few hits. Now, Care and Maintenance is always fun with Grass-types, because most of them can photosynthesize, and Turtwig is no different. These Pokemon are never going to need to be fed. The only thing you have to worry about is water, but luckily, once it evolves into a Grottle, it not only can find water, but it brings other Pokemon, and probably also you, to that water. So this is a living, breathing garden that can find its own water and produce its own food with sunlight. This thing is amazing in terms of just being able to care for yourself. Now, I will say, if you don't have water nearby, I mean, there might just be a place where you're not going to have a lot of water, transporting water becomes a major difficulty. It's a lot harder to transport water than food. So what you tend to have to do is try and carry some with you or try and stick away from desert areas when you have your Torterra wandering about. Uh, incidentally, uh, you should also invest in some shears, some gardening tools, because you're probably going to have to be cutting and trimming, and it, that's still work. Like It's not like it's going to take care of itself entirely. You're going to have to make sure that this thing is cared for, not just as an animal, but also as a garden. Keep in mind... Uh, these Pokemon attract other Pokemon to live on top of them, and that could be a problem if you're bringing in a bunch of Pokemon you're not really ready to care for, and you're bringing on more baggage than you want. Next up, child friendliness. Now, nothing in the deck says that this Pokemon would give you any trouble. The hardest part will be taking care of that garden, and take it in mind, the average person doesn't know how to care for plant life. You'll have to kind of grow into it, you know, kind of like the plants. Uh, they are very big and strong. Torterra gets to be a massive size by Pokemon standards, and it is ridiculously powerful. So if it doesn't want to move or it wants to go one way or the other, you, you're not going to stop it or convince it otherwise. It's a living ecosystem. What do you expect to do? Now, luckily for you, it starts off super small, super cute, super easy to take care of. So by the time it gets to Torterra, it'll already trust you and it can deal pretty well with you. Now, finally... We get to utility, and grass types always tend to lead in terms of utility and being useful outside of just beating the snot out of each other. Now, in the decks, Grottle is said to be able to find pure water in springs. We already mentioned that, but think about the economic potential of that. The fact that you can go to towns and areas and help point out where water sources are saves a ton of money and in infrastructure. You can help found towns, or you could become the town. You could become a walking farmer's market to wherever town you go with. Your Torterra's back is just soil, hardened soil. You can grow whatever you want on its back, and you'll be fine. Think about being a doctor for Pokemon. You can grow lumberries on that tree and then make sure to care for it. Or you can grow organ berries and just have 
sweet organ berry jam whenever you want. You a walking farmer's market with just one Torterra. Imagine if you had six of them and in one team, you could make a lot of money just by going around feeding yourself and other people. So, final verdict. Uh, battle potential, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Maintenance, uh, three out of five. Uh, just because you, when you're taking care of a garden, it's a lot harder than people think. Uh, child friendliness, four out of five. And utility, a whopping five out of five. Again, a living ecosystem that walks around and can carry you around where he goes. I mean, I don't think there's any Pokemon we've ever reviewed that is better at feeding itself and others than Torterra. Next up, the one I chose, because I always choose the fire types, is Chimchar. Now, this was the start of the trend where they just kept putting firefighting in the game over and over, and some say they barely actually stopped. The Chimchar kind of copy-pasted Blaziken, but instead of having more power, it actually has a natural built-in of speed, and it's a little bit weaker. But what's cool about it is that it had the same level of attack and special attack, so if you wanted to change things up, you totally could. I love tricky physical mixed sets. So on to battle potential, and despite being a firefighting, unlike uh, the Torchic line where Combusken learned Double Kick at level 16, like pretty early on, this Pokemon's fighting moves don't come till later. The number of fighting moves that this Pokemon learns is actually really limited, unless you're able to get a move tutor, which early in the game you're really not. Uh, this Pokemon is pretty much a pure fire type at the beginning, with the fighting type weaknesses once it reaches the Monferno. So, you can torch your way through many of the gyms, but you will get stomped on by the rock and water gym, so best to pack some friends for that. Uh, the thing I mentioned earlier about there being two fire type Pokemon, that was the downside to Gen 4. It was notorious for only having two fire types. The Chimchar line and the Ponita line. And that's it. Getting a Chimchar is probably the smartest move you can get when covering your faces on fire type. Now, once it grows up, it does hold the prestigious rank of being one of the only starters to be able to kill the other two starters, regardless of them being a water type or a grass type. A close combat can annihilate an Empoleon, and Flare Blitz can do in Torterra, the NPCs don't know how to EV train or build towards defense. So yeah, if you have an Infernape, you don't need to worry about your rivals. Ever. You just beat the snot out of them and walk away like everybody else. And I think that is worth a lot of note. And that's why I really loved uh, Infernape as a kid. Because for the first time ever, I was able to beat the snot out of my brother's miserable water team. Anywho, on to care and maintenance. Uh, Chimchar being a primate does give me concern. Since you are dealing with an animal that is super smart compared to the last three, which were, uh, let me check my notes, a lizard, rat, and a chicken. Yeah, the intellectual scale kind of went a bit higher up. Uh, the fire on its back is fueled by gas in its stomach, so that means you're going to have to give it a high gassy diet. You're going to give it plenty of fuel in order to burn that tail and burn up its fire. Certain veggies and carbs can do that pretty well. And the fire on his tail can be turned off, which is a wonderful feature to have added. I wish Charizard had had it, but if you turn that thing off, it dies, which is a major design flaw. Uh, it's fighting type, so you're going to have to take care of it like most fighting types. You're going to have to either give it a sparring partner, give it a dojo to beat something up in, or you're going to have to put on the pads yourselves and take the beating. But otherwise, it's a primate, so you're going to have an omnivore diet. Lots of exercise. It is a tough job for just about anybody to care for something with that much energy. Now, as far as child friendliness goes, uh, a fire type with more flame control than the others, that's what Chimchar is. Unlike Charizard, who can't turn off the flame, or Cyndaquil, who kind of gets freaked out and uses it, 
Chimchar and the entire line has super good control over their fire, which makes them a little safer of the other fire types. Unlike Torchic, though, this thing isn't super dependent on you. It's going to have more personality, and I'll be honest, if your first animal you're working with is a primate, it's probably not going to be the easiest time to work that out. But the dex doesn't point out anything particular about it being mischievous or tricky. It's just what I know about primates is that they are a lot smarter than people give them credit for, even though they're our closest living relatives. You are going to need to give it all kinds of things to keep it active, keep its mental capacities up. You're going to have to give it puzzles. These things take a lot of care. Definitely make sure to get those paddings. Trust me, you do not want to get the crap kicked out of you by a monkey. It is not pleasant. Uh, finally, we get to utility, and this is where Infernape falls right off a cliff, because once you get Monferno, this Pokemon is just pure combat. Its entire life is focused to beating the crap out of anything around it and mastering its martial art while beating the crap out of anything around it. The only career options you have after Champion involve beating up people. So crime fighter, police officer, bodyguard, action movie star, anything that involves you hurting somebody, that's going to be what you do. There's nothing else it's really good at. So you're going to also probably want to keep doing it because, again, Primate, it's going to need lots and lots of exercise, and what better exercise is there than chasing down bad guys or being the bouncer at some concert? So to wrap things up for Chimchar, uh, final score, battle, 5 out of 5. When you can beat up the other starters, no matter what they're typing, you get a 5 out of 5. Uh, maintenance and child friendliness both get a 3 out of 5, and utility, 1 out of 5. Again, if you're not good at something that isn't beating the crap out of other Pokemon, then it's you're going to get a 1 out of 5. Now, finally, we come to what I find to be one of the most controversial starters I've ever had to deal with, and that is Piplup. Every generation needs their cute Pokemon to sell merch, and Piplup does actually have its own Instagram here in Japan. Not even kidding. Uh, people love penguins. Makes sense to capitalize it, and props on Pokemon for taking the water steel route instead of the more obvious water ice route. I appreciate that. Now, on to battle potential. The gyms are going to be a hit or miss with uh, rock and ice being a breeze, electric and grass being a pain, and the rest being kind of a mixed bag of nuts. Uh, these Pokemon are built for special attack and special defense in mind, which is weird for a steel type, but luckily that generation came out with flash cannon, so things aren't too weird. Uh, it can learn ice beam, super useful in the champion battle and against any of the other random ground types that might hurt your steel typing, but keep in mind that that guard chomp at the end is no joke. It will outspeed you and beat the snot out of you anyway. But if you have a focus stat, you can actually take out possibly one of the most terrifying Pokemon that any trainer has ever used against you. Next up, care and maintenance. And this is where I said it's controversial. Piplup has a problem with the word pride. Everything about Piplup's decks talks about how proud it is. And that pride is going to get you and that Piplup probably killed. Uh, it doesn't accept food from trainers due to its pride. I want you to think about that. Imagine having a dog, and that dog was just so prideful that it did not want any food you gave it. Like, it literally turned up its nose to any food unless it went out into the yard and caught and killed it itself. That is a huge health risk and can be a real danger if you're not in the wildlife park and say, oh, I don't know, living out near, like, someone's lake, and you go and attack their pet Magikarp that was living in the lake. These things do not listen to you. Literally, in the Pokedex entry, it says it does not listen to its trainers. That's just what it does. That's a design feature. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind 
is that it has a thick downy guard. So you're going to have to keep it in cool climates whenever you're walking around with it. You're going to have to get it some AC of some kind. Now, if you really were determined to keep a Piplup, uh, you could have some fun with the food. You could give it a challenge to get the food. Like say, okay, I'm not giving you your food. I'm freezing it in this block of ice. And you have to go and get it out yourself. And we do this all the time in zoos and aquariums where you take food, you get a little extra treat, and you freeze it in a block of ice, or you put it in a toy that they have to break to get out. I think my favorite thing I ever saw personally was people taking a bunch of frozen fish, putting them in a block of ice, and then throwing it to the stingrays to watch them attack it. It was hysterical and very, very splashy. In case Shamu will run for his money. Now, on to child friendliness. No. None of that. There is not a drop of child friendliness in this creature. This Pokemon has a serious attitude problem, and it gets worse as it gets older, not better. A Prinplup thinks it's the coolest thing since ice cubes were invented, and Empoleon will attack anything that it perceives to have slighted its pride. Again, major design flaw that could get you and other people killed. Especially since Charizard had the decency to only attack something when it thought it was strong. This Pokemon just plain doesn't like anybody. Like anybody whatsoever. It is a pain in the butt. So if you're a new trainer, this is going to be literally the hardest Pokemon you've ever had to deal with. Now, utility, uh, it gets Surf. So that's always a plus. I always put that up front. And it can shred ice with its wings. Uh, let's just say that this Pokemon would actually listen to you. Let's remove the fact that it's a jerk. Uh, it lives in cold areas and places, so you might want to start moving up north. Luckily, if you start moving over to a harbor area, you could actually help keep that harbor open all year round with Empoleon's ability to shatter ice. Uh, this could literally get charged for lots and lots of money. So you could literally get rich in this frozen area and be able to survive no problem. You could also use for rescue. It's as fast as a jet ski. This Pokemon does a lot of good work. But if you take it out of the Sinnoh region, this Pokemon can't really do much. This Pokemon lives to be near the ice. It is built to be around the cold. Let's say you take it to Alola, you're going to have some serious health factors. This is one of those penguins that needs to be in cold climates. So, to finally wrap it up, Battle Potential, 3 out of 5. Care, 2 out of 5. Child Friendliness, 1 out of 5. Wish it could give it a 0. And Utility... You know what? Because it can help out harbors, um, it's going to be a 3 out of 5. We'll go ahead and we'll give it a 3 out of 5. So, to wrap up all of them, just a quick summary. If you want a walking ecosystem that will take care of you and everyone around you, take Turtwig. If you want to fight, fight, fight some more. Eat snacks with your monkey friend and fight again. Go ahead and get Chimchar. If you want to suffer, if you just want to... Pull your hair out in stress and watch a tiny penguin literally try and order you around and then turn its nose up to you whenever you try and help it. Get the penguin. Get the penguin with the attitude problem, you sicko. Now, once again, this is a thought experiment. If you really, truly love Piplup, do your thing. But from an actual scientific perspective, I wouldn't go near that penguin with a 10-foot pole. No trainer would. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. A couple of announcements. We are going to be at ColossalCon. So if anyone is out in Ohio, it's going to be the first weekend of June. You guys can go ahead and check us out there. We're going to have lots of panels there. And the crew is going to be there to do a bunch of them. So please, please come check us out. 
We love doing cosplay conventions, and we'd love it if you can go. There are going to be, of course, safety precautions. The virus is still out there. So please, if you are going to go, be safe. More than anything else, just be safe. Uh, Chris is going to be streaming Pokemon Snap. I sadly will not be able to join because I will be interviewing a really cool guest of ours that day. Japanese time zones are wonky because of this whole other side of the planet thing. And with those two things out of the way, I think we're all set. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. Please leave a review and a comment on wherever you listen to your iPods. Tell your friends. We love listening to you guys tell us stuff to do. We love hearing your comments on the show, good and bad. You guys really make this worth doing. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Peace. <laughs>